Hello, Carl. Hi, How's Liz. that porn working at these games? It was much better on Saturday night than it was Thursday. All right. So. Did, they, did you see the the, uh, the Kachuk kids telling their dad he's in the Hall of Fame? Did yes. And then, I, and then I saw Walt Kachuk tell the widow of Pavel Dimitrov that he was going to be in the Hall of Fame, and it was very touching. It was. It brought a tear to your eye. So, yeah, so you got things happening. Coming up next, we have a lot of guests today. Jeff Faulkner and Ben Moyer will be next telling us about Sky Full of Stars. Then around minute 15, Michelle Zielinski from Black Mirror Theater Company talking about White Rabbit, Red Rabbit. Then around minute 24, special guest Danny Williams from The Rep. Yes, we're going to talk to him about everything that's going on with The Rep. And then around one hour and four minutes, a quick theater roundup. Well, we have... Some happening dudes today because we have the, I want to say the debut performance coming up Saturday of A Sky Full of Stars. And if that rings a bell, that is the Coldplay song. So, hey, Jeff Buckner and Benjamin Moyer, how are you today? Doing good. Doing really well. Thank you. Good. And I did mean my head to fit exactly in Chris Martin's, but I will say... <laughs> There it that, goes. That's actually my that's actually my head, but it, it you know it's fine. Okay, so, so that's good uncoupling later. You don't yeah. have to have your Jeff Lynn uh, wig on. I won't have to have that on for this show. No. <laughs> Chris likes to keep his hair pretty short. He so does. This, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, this is, he has a lot of energy. That guy. He does. Yeah, and that's something that uh, we're definitely planning on bringing with this show. Uh, a lot of lot of movement, a lot of a lot of energy, a lot of just uh, you know fun. It's just really fun, uplifting music, you know. And that's uh, that's our game plan for what we're going to bring this Saturday at the Duck Room. Which is good because I think every time you hear Coldplay, it makes you have a smile, even when it's the sad ones. <laughs> I think you're right. Yeah, it's it's uh, it, there's definitely a lot of there's definitely like a lot of hope. In their music you know it's very hopeful optimistic um get you out of a if you're in a bad place it's it's great music for getting you out of that bad place and kind of escaping for a little bit into kind of a world of 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 hope and 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 optimism you know yes i remember when they won the grammy for record of the year for clocks and um i think it's the guy that that, that you are uh acting as Ben that said something because nobody knew who they were and they were like being kind of dismissed and ignored. <laughs> sure. Like, okay, just treat us. We just won record of the year. <laughs> like take that. So I I think that's enjoyable when people are just and then of course when they played the Super Bowl, uh that was a pretty big deal. So how did you come upon uh, like, let's do this Coldplay tribute band. So I, um, I've been a huge fan of theirs from their first record. Uh, to me, in, in my opinion, I think the first two albums are two of the best albums ever recorded in, in the history of rock and roll. Um, every single song is a great song. Um, just, I mean, the songwriting just is, is just unparalleled. Um, and uh, you know they, you know the first two records have kind of like a a Radiohead influence going on, and I'm a, I, I was a huge Radiohead. That's I'm still I'm a huge Radiohead fan. But uh, uh, when those first albums, came, first two albums came out, I was really into Radiohead, and they had they had kind of that kind of vibe going on. So that's what made me catch on to them. Um, so my my love for those first two albums uh, is one reason. The other reason is uh, just the, just the fact that they're they're just so huge right now around the world. Um, you know, not only are they selling out everywhere they play, but it's it's they're selling out stadiums everywhere they play, and it's two three night runs. You know, all over the world, whether it be Australia, Europe, America, South America. You know, they could do a show in Antarctica, you know, and it would sell out, <laughs> you know, um, and, and you know, they're they're just absolutely huge right now. So, you know, when 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 doing a a tribute, you know, I learned my lesson with with Mr. Blue Sky that if it's going to if you're going to put the work and effort uh, as much work and effort that goes into these things, 
uh, if you're going to do it, you know, do it uh, with something that that's going to have mass appeal. And I, I really think that this will have that. Well, that's that's the difference between Coldplay and Mr. Blue Sky. ELO hasn't really put out a lot of new material. Coldplay is still putting out albums. In fact, they had something out a year and a half ago. How do you decide? I mean, Chris Martin puts together the set list for their shows. How far, how close to now do you go? So we cover their entire catalog from the first album right up until their most recent record, uh, Head Full of Dreams, uh, which they're still they're still touring for that album right now. And, you know, selling out stadiums, you know, uh, their live shows are just unbelievable. Um it's uh, the, the the amount of, of color and multimedia stuff they do. And, and our, our plan is to do kind of a miniaturized version of, of that show. Uh, probably won't be doing that at the Duck Room this Saturday, but this is the first show. So our main focus is just getting the getting the music sounding as close to the records as possible, which which we've we've got it pretty, pretty close um so yeah i mean uh as far as the set list is concerned it's it's covering their entire catalog you know this first show we're doing i'm i'm kind of focusing a little bit more on the first two albums uh but uh you know after you get to that third record x and y everything from there on <clears throat> you're right their their sound changed uh, pretty drastically you know uh they kind of went from having that like radio heady kind of influence almost folky kind of influence to now what they're putting out like on the newest record it's very kind of transient dancey kind of kind of stuff you know yeah, um, their last song their last number one song was with bts yeah yeah they're they've been doing a lot of collaborations uh they, they did one with them they did one with the chain smokers yep. uh beyonce uh, the one they did with Beyonce will be doing this Saturday. So we're oh, gonna have you're a, not doing the BTS. You're not going to have uh, boy bands at your <laughs> duck room that, show. That duck room stage just isn't big enough for that, man. But uh, one thing that, and I'll give away a little surprise here. Uh, we have Emily Wallace opening the show, and she's going to come on with us. And, and she's going to do him for the weekend. She's going to do him for the weekend with us. She'll she'll be our Beyonce. So that's good. Ben, <laughs> I have a question for you. Sure. Uh, being a bassist, mm -hmm. are, do you have to go out and search guitar tabs for bands, or do you just can you play by ear? Um, uh, mostly by ear. Um, and you know the the Coldplay stuff. Uh, I can tell you that as as a bass player, um, from a technical standpoint, the songs are not difficult to play, but uh, they're songs that are difficult to make sound great. Um, you know, with with the the bass lines, um, and I think with with a lot of the other instrumentation, there's so much restraint in the way that those guys recorded, uh, particularly the first two albums. But even after that, um, the later stuff has a lot, a little bit more electronic feel to it. But um, they're just uh, it it impresses me. Uh, the the restraint that they use in the ways that they play because you don't know if that bass line is coming from the piano a synth or a bass right and sometimes there's both so um you know we have to get creative in how we cover those things and uh so far i think we're doing uh, we're doing a really good job in, in putting those layers together that's great. So the Duck Room is your a debut performance, but what do you have a schedule coming up going between uh, for, for both? For right now, uh, this is our only show that we have scheduled, uh, but there there will be more coming in uh, 2024. Um, you know, we're going to make this kind of a, uh, you know, kind of the follow kind of the same mold that, that I that I. I set for Mr. Blue Sky where we're, we're doing three, four shows a year in town. Uh, you know, not, we don't want to oversaturate, you know, the market, but, uh, um, but Wait, the dog had a big, you had a big turnout at Chesterfield. We did. Yeah. Uh, that was a great, great time. And, and uh, sky full of stars opened for Mr. Blue Sky right. at their show. 
uh, it was a, it was kind of a nice little warm up show for us, and it went really good. The crowd loved, just loved every Coldplay song, you know. So, um, yeah, it's, like I said, yeah, that, it was a KC show, but it was also an Arch show because the Arch plays Coldplay, right? And KC right. was playing the ELO. Yeah, and there's you know there's a lot of similarities. Uh, as far as like that optimistic, hopeful kind of message between, or, you know, uh, uh, as it pertains to Coldplay and ELO, you know, the, those two things made sense in that way. You know, I mean, they're, they're different genres of music, I guess, but their overall message is still the same. You know, and I think Jeff still selling Lynn out and, stadiums. Yeah. 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 I think Jeff Lynn and Chris Martin, they both follow kind of the Beatle mold of, of lyric writing where everything's optimistic. And, you know, at, you know, at, at the end, there's always a happy ending. You know what I mean? So Jeff, when are you going to do an American band? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I tend to have a uh, infatuation with these Brit rock guys, you know, but uh, I don't know. I'll just, you know, um, the next project, you, let, you just never know what it'll be. You know, let's, I have to, have to give it some thought. You know, I've always I've always wanted to do a jellyfish one-off. They're American. <laughs> you know, no, it'd be like it'd be me, four guys I'd be playing with, and then like five people in the audience that that are hardcore <laughs> no, jellyfish. jellyfish. Yeah. If if you know, you know. You know what I mean. But uh, uh, but we'll see. You might we'll want see. to do that one at your house. Yeah, that would probably be okay. You know, but well, I, I would have a lot. I've I would heard, have a lot of fun doing that. Yeah. I have heard paradise at graduations and at funerals. And so, uh, you know, it's just um, the songs that um, we were saying optimistic, but I also think they they're touching. They hit. People yeah. yeah. In, that one's uh, in our, that one's definitely on our set list for Saturday. Uh, yeah. I mean, along with that hopeful, optimistic, uh aspect i mean it, it's also very uplifting it, it's it's just um it's emotional stuff you know uh it's profound uh lyrically and musically i mean they they created uh, uh chris martin I, I i think the guy's one of the best songwriters in, in the history of music you know in, in in the way of uh in the way he um presents things musically and lyrically you know the the music is just as hopeful and optimistic as the lyrics you know um and he's just he's really really good at establishing that kind of vibe with with what he writes yeah he's all in you know he's one of those guys that's present yeah and, and i mean he gives it in every performance you know so he, i mean and it doesn't it, it makes sense that these things come out of him because when you see him perform or you see interviews with him, he, he gives off that kind of vibe. He's giving off that vibe of I'm happy. Everything's going to be okay. You know, optimistic, you know? And uh, for me, that, that, that's who I want to surround myself with. That's what I want to surround myself with at, at my age. You know, so the older I get, a... the more important. You know? oh, no, go ahead. Yeah. I was going to uh, say, that's a good that's a good that's a good way to wrap things up the older i get the more it means um yeah. where can people reach you where can people find out what's going on right uh so they can get uh they can get a hold of us on our our facebook page which is a sky full of stars the definitive coldplay tribute just search that on facebook and boom to take you right to us we're also on instagram uh a sky full of stars stl and uh, as far as tickets for the show Saturday, they can get those either at blueberryhill.com or ticketmaster.com. Just go to one, either one of those sites, search a sky full of stars, and the ticket link will pop right up. Uh, the ticket we got the ticket link up um, uh, linked to our Facebook page and our Instagram page as well. So, and it's a very reasonably priced show. Well, thank you. And Ben, I look forward to hearing you because you got to love the bass player. Thank you very much. I appreciate <laughs> that. I'm I'm looking forward to the show. It's going to be a lot of fun. Thanks so much for having us on, guys. Thank you. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. All right. Well, hello, Michelle. Hi, we thanks for having me. Well, thank you for your for your great patience. And I want to know what this is, this red rabbit white rabbit 
Red Rabbit that Black Mirror Theater is doing. So I want you to tell us about that. Uh, Carl, our guest is Michelle Zielinski. You so are Michelle, in charge of this. What's your official title? <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, I think I'm just a general uh, board member, but I've had the opportunity with Black Mirror to, I guess, originally I got involved as an actor. And then I also designed lights for Dennis's shows. And, and then um, appreciatively have gotten the opportunity. I, I have always wanted to be a playwright and I had some pieces and little by little got to um, produce some stuff with Black Mirror, including last year, I co-wrote Roll With It with Katie Bannister and that got produced, yeah, about a year ago. And I talked so to you. Yes, and direct, I yeah, some directing too, yeah. Roll With It was great, Carl. It was uh, the true story of Katie Bannister, who is a life force. And uh, she was in a, a terrible accident when she was a teenager and hence Roll With It, her life as a uh, as a disabled adult and uh, story. So I got to, I have a picture of you and your lovely husband from the Theater Circle Award. So I need to send that to you. <laughs> okay. Yeah, that was exciting. And, and thank you for your support because we did get nominated as one of the best new plays of 2022. I'm like, what year are we in? Yeah, 2022. <laughs> yes. So tell us about, I'm going to sound like Elmer Fudd, White <laughs> Rabbit, Red Rabbit. Well, what's interesting is the number one thing that's interesting about it is I can't really tell you about the show because that's part of the show. This is a play written by an Iranian guy who was not allowed to leave his country at the time that he was writing this. And so he wanted to write something that's him speaking through the actor to the audience and having this moment where the audience is in on it, the actor's in on it, the playwright's in on it, and it's a conversation in the moment. So it's a real, it's a real happening. But the trick is, there's no set, there's no director, there's no rehearsals. Basically, I have found four- I love that. Yeah, right? That's that's why I was excited to produce it, to be honest. Uh, this is only the second show I've ever produced. One was a long time ago in Bangkok, and I learned that producing's not my fave. Uh, but I was excited about this one to bring it to St. Louis and to have Black Mirror be involved in it. And thankfully, we found beautiful space with the chapel. And- Basically, my job was to find four actors and I found four talented actors, but who also I had to find the, the actor that was interested in this sort of challenge. I had some people that expressed interest when they heard I was doing it, but I had already cast it by that point. And then when a, an opening happened, people were like, mm, yeah, maybe I don't want to do that one. So to, to fill the final spot was, you know, several different asks. And one, the, the person that said, yes, it was fun because partially this person was going to say no. And then they realized if I want to say no to this, then I should definitely say yes to this because it's a scary thing. The actors have all agreed uh, to come on their respective performances and walk to the center with me and I will hand them an envelope that has a sealed script in it. And when they open it and pull it out and start to read it, that'll be the first time for them to see it and for you know most of the audience to have to hear it wow <laughs> well well i know you t you sent me because i rsvp'd uh for a certain night and you said oh you'll be seeing this guy so uh this this yeah. is going to be fun i think it was going to be at fringe two years ago but the actor who was doing it uh became ill and couldn't do it so it was canceled so i think you and, are and the premiere I've heard that it did happen at Fringe, maybe a different Fringe. The other thing that's interesting about it is I have to submit reports about the the performance, how the audience reacted, but I also have to submit the actors' names because they will go on a list and they can never, ever perform the show again. Wow. Well, we so, had wow. Ellie Schwetti on a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, I'm very excited to work with, with Ellie. I had a play of mine produced by her Sate, um, one of the, you know, during the the shorts, the the festival with the shorts. And I really liked working with her and that group. And so I'm excited that she agreed to be our Sunday and, performance. And she trusted you to do this. Because there's yeah, going to be right. a lot of trust between the actors and the director. You know the script, right? Right. Correct. <laughs> so you know what they're doing or what yes. they should be doing. 
Yes, yes. Now, one thing I do, I am allowed to do, or I, I'm, I'm charged with doing is 48 hours before each performer's performance, their individual performance, I have a list of instructions to share with them. And, you know, and it's, it, I, I, I didn't want them to freak out about it. So it's, you know, they're, they're good, solid instructions. It's not, uh, it's not some craziness or like what, the heck did I get myself in for? Nothing like that, but just some good solid instructions that they get 48 hours before the performance. But again, nothing, the script, they don't touch the script until I hand don't it to them. Don't eat dairy. I'm sorry? Don't eat any dairy. Oh, yeah. So yeah, nothing, nothing. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So where can people find, uh, go to get tickets and it's at the chapel, am I correct? It's at the chapel. It opens next week on Thursday, November 2nd. Our website is Black Mirror Theater. Let me try. With an R-E, the correct way. Yeah, with, with exactly. With R-E, the, the correct way. Black Mirror Theater, R-E, dot org. And right on the splash page is information about the show and links to get tickets. And also it shows you which night. Um, our actors are Jarek Templeton. He's a student at Merrimack. And part of our mission is to is to bring forward um, actors in actors and other theater individuals to give them professional opportunities. Evan Turk is on Friday and Dorothy LeBounty. They both have worked with um, shows at Merrimack before. And then Ellie is the performance on Sunday, the matinee. So seven o'clock Thursday, Friday, Saturday, 2 p.m. matinee. And we also have American Sign Language interpretation at the Sunday performance. With Ellie. Without well, thank you so much. I know this is quick today and I really appreciate your time and sorry about the the delay. We had technical difficulties with our first guest. So. Oh, no, no, no problem. I really appreciate you guys giving us a chance to promote it because it's such a short run. By the time any reviews come out, it'll be too late to see it. I also throw out for those of you who are really into it, see it more than once. It'll be interesting to see it performed by different individuals. Well, Michelle, thank you for coming on. And it's blackmirrortheater.org. Thank hey, you, Michelle. thanks so much, guys. Thank you, Michelle. And thank you, Danny, for your patience. Of course, of course. <laughs> we had one of those days where sometimes you're the windshield and sometimes you're the bug. All right, Danny, <laughs> let's let's just get into it. How are you doing? Oh, I'm doing okay. You know, it's it's been it's been a it's been a rough couple of weeks, but um you know, I'm I've been really buoyed by the response that we've been getting from folks for the campaign that we have going. And and as I was, you know, telling some folks yesterday, I think artistically the ref's doing really, really well. I think we've had a real big string of, of popular titles and productions and and so, you know, I'm 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 looking forward to where we are going, let's put it that way, and and really excited about what's coming up next, um, including our holiday show, It's a Wonderful Life, which we're putting on uh, December 1st to the 23rd um, at the Loretta Hilton Center in Webster Gross. So uh, be, uh, we should say, Carl, we're talking to Danny Williams, the managing director of the Repertory Theater of St. Louis. And he came in January of 2022 and uh, not the easiest time to change <laughs> jobs. And he came from the public theater in New York, which, as we know, Chorus Line, Hamilton, Fun Home. So, Danny, I am so curious as to why the Midwest appealed to you after <laughs> uh, being in the thick of things in New York City. Because he knew exactly what he was getting into when he decided yeah, to come Yeah, a, a little bit of that, a little bit of that and a little bit of not. But, um, you know, it's such a good question, Lynn. I, I actually get it a lot um, uh, because I, I do think that folks, you know, uh, know about the public and know about the work that it's done. Uh, both on and off Broadway. Um, and, and so, you know, when I was thinking about my time there, I had spent 15 years there um, and I had seen really great successes. You named a few of them, Fun Home and, and Hamilton. And, and yet there were a few seasons that were not so successful. You know, theater continues to be kind of an up and down um, art form. Um, and, and I was really looking to take that next step in my career and, actually take the head job at an institution 
Um, I was in the finance department and sort of very much part of the leadership team there, but I was not, um, not in charge. And, you know, so there's that like feeling of, well, maybe I could do it. And, and, you know, where could I do it? And where would I want to do it? Um, and, you know, as the, the sort of recovery period after the, the, the stoppage, um, uh, was happening, um, I got wind that that Mark Bernstein was retiring after 30 plus years. Um, I had heard about the rep. I, I knew the rep um, just from being one of the, you know, longest running and, and prestigious, you know, uh, regional theaters um, in the country. Um, and so I sort of perked up a little bit and said, okay, budget size looks manageable the work that they do uh, i think responds to me just looking back from you know mostly from steve's era and and mark's era and uh, and i was excited by this idea of of how to to take an institution into sort of its next chapter of its life um, knowing that that mark and steve were at the helm for over 30 years um, I think folks got used to a certain brand and aesthetic, um, and yet all things come to an end. And I was interested in being a part of that next generation. Now, did I think we would be in the position that we were, we're in right now? Probably not. But, um, but I, I will say that as I sort of got my head wrapped around things after my first year, it was clear to me that we really needed to be changing um, and evolving and responding to the St. Louis audience, which you can see and have seen in our past shows. Um, you know, Murder on the Orient Express was a huge success for us. Um, people stopping me in the lobby saying it's one of the most beautiful shows they've ever seen, you know, here in St. Louis. Um, and then this past fall, we've had some great critical successes with uh, the Lehman trilogy um, and our most recent show, Twisted Melody. So, so for me, that is fruit of the work that I have been doing since I started last year. Um, and my hope is that that, with a plan that we're going to be rolling out soon in terms of where we're going and how we're going to do it, uh, will really help folks and encourage them to rally for us and and help us through this this difficult time that we're experiencing. Well, the audience gasped at Murder on the Orient Express when the train set was revealed. <laughs> the interior of the train, people gasped and applauded. And it was the star of the show. I, I, <laughs> I know some of the actors might take issue with that, but it really was the star of the show. And I think the audience, uh, Steve Wolf, uh, one time when I interviewed him, he said that the St. Louis audience leans in. And this was when uh, we were doing the publicity for the 60th anniversary. The St. Louis audience leans in and he treated. Now, everything he did wasn't a masterpiece uh, spot on. But there are you remember when you are in live theater. And as you know, because you're in it, that feeling that you get when the audience is sharing something so special that they feel the connection with the other audience members. And those are rare, very rare. But like you probably, when the first time you saw Hamilton, mm -hmm. that was probably one of those God smack moments, I'm assuming. Yeah, yeah. And, and I saw it as a staged reading. They hadn't actually finished Act Two yet. I the first experience was just Act One, and we knew immediately that there was something um, even more than special, you know, like kind of once in a generation sort of moment uh, that we were experiencing. But you're right, you know, uh, and, and that that idea of experiences of 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 that collective um, sort of shared experience is is what we're also trying to do this season and beyond because you know besides just dealing with you know financial issues and other things we're also competing against a a, a wide range of of other things people can do now you can 
watch anything that has ever been created basically on your phone or at home, any movie or TV show. And, and yet there's nothing quite like that experience of watching a live show with other people, whether they're people, you know, or people you don't. Um, and so we're really trying to, in our way, produce these special unique experiences um, that are reminding folks, yes, I do love coming to the theater, whether it's the rep, whether it's the Muni, whether it's Stray Dog or Stages or any of the other great theaters um, in St. Louis. Well, one of the things that uh, during the pandemic, I thought it, it, it taught people that we really need that connection. And I think many season ticket holders at the rep, uh, because you heard from them, I heard from them, people seem to feel betrayed they seem to feel very angry. I I uh, I heard so many people express anger, and I think at first, uh, during the transition, uh, there were people were willing to okay, let's see where this goes. But then, as you told me in an interview for the Webster Kirkwood Times, uh, that you said you know some of the productions were not up to the rep standards, and people started losing their faith so how do you get those people back that are still so angry and they said they're not coming back how, how are you going to get them back well i think that's that's going to be the big trick you know one of them is that we're going to be focusing on producing um at our home at the loretta hilton center um in webster groves um we are suspending future productions at coca um, or other venues that we had been producing at. I know that that was a, a very big part of what people loved about this rep experience. Um, the other is that um, we just made the change recently, which was to sunset our annual production of A Christmas Carol, which again, you know, won Critics Awards and was well-received, but the general feedback was that folks didn't want to see the same show um, every year. Um, and so we listened and responded. And this Wonderful Life play is, uh, again, a, a very well-known title, uh, a, a wonderfully beloved holiday story, but it's something different. And again, is something uniquely theatrical where we're going to be seeing the actors do the Foley um, art um, and make the sound effects and sort of bring the story to life in a new and inventive way um, that maybe folks have not seen before. Um, so, so it's, it's those things and it's, it's around basically, you know, encouraging word of mouth. I, I know that, you know, I was at Lehman opening and people were walking around the lobby saying the rep is back. Um, and I think we need those people who have stuck with us to really vouch for us because, you know, I, I'm not making it up. I know, Lynn, you've seen the shows and, and other folks have. The, the word of mouth about the work that we're doing has been much better these past, you know, four or five shows. And the hope is that, you know, as we continue this season of experiences, we have Moby Dick on deck, which is a hugely theatrical, one-of-a-kind production um, that we are uh, bringing from Chicago at the Looking Glass Theater. And then we're ending the season with both a Pulitzer Prize winner and Tony winning play, August Osage County, which, you know, takes place in the Midwest, uh, is a good old kitchen sink drama. Um, and I think really will entertain a lot of folks. So, so, so my hope is that that type of programming continues. You'll see more notice, known titles I think we're going to try to focus on not necessarily, um, you know, uh, work that's been done before, but maybe not gamble as much on new work that is not sort of proven itself in New York or Chicago or in other places. Does so that's that include casting too. decisions as well, Danny? Yeah, casting. So I can tell you that, um, that almost all of the, um, uh, it's a Wonderful Life cast, our local actors. Um, and half the cast of um, August Osage County is also locally based, including uh, Joniel Joplin is actually returning to the rep in August Osage County. He will be playing Beverly Weston. 
um, in in August. So so we're really excited that Jop has agreed to come back, and and we're really um, excited to sort of continue that trend of bringing both the best of St. Louis and the best of of the country sort of here to the rep. Well, uh, Michael James Reed, one of my favorites. Michelle Hand, also a favorite. Also, Carmen Garcia, lovely uh, actress. And uh, they're uh, they're all returning for It's a Wonderful Life. And that was one, I, not that I don't want to see new people because I always, uh, I just, there's some performances that take your breath away and they're from New York. And uh, for instance, Stage of St. Louis this summer, uh, the guy that was the leading clue from you know new york based actor he 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 was one of the best performances i've ever seen so that blend of new york talent and local talent is mm-hmm. is you know it can create magic too so i'm not saying we should be all local or all uh you know new york city but i think there was a sense that uh from the local community that hey we're good too you know <laughs> yeah, of course, of course. You've, and, you've I, and, heard I've, it. and I've experienced it myself. You know, it's it's great to see local actors at the theaters. And I know the Muni brings in a lot of New York folks and other people, but they also cast local folks as well. And so I, I agree that mix of 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 local and, and national is, is, is really provides a, a good range of talent. Well, one of the uh, things, as soon as you made the announcement uh, on October 24th last, it's been a week now, and, and you've heard from people, uh, I, I I think the overwhelming reaction was, I'm not surprised. So how did we get, how did the board, because obviously you have a, you have a board of directors, so this didn't happen like overnight, like one day, so obviously you guys have been... <laughs> working on what are we going to do yeah yeah so so you're right it did not happen overnight it's not like we woke up one day and you know noticed that things were not like they were i think anyone who has been to the rep these past couple of years has noticed a decrease in attendance um i think the quality has been up and down as we discussed um although pretty much more consistent in recent months um, and so since I got here, you know, again, which is only coming up on two years, um, it, it became clear to me towards the end of my first year that we were going to have to make some significant changes just in terms of um, how we were operating and what we were doing. Um, and I do think that there was a, a optimism that, you know, if the work continued to be good, that people would come back. Um, and I very frankly encouraged, you know, the board to, to think about the fact that I think we need to, to put together a, 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 a campaign or some type of, of call out to the community. It was really surprising to me, and, and I don't mean this as a criticism, but that the rep never did some type of resiliency campaign during the pandemic to sort of try to leverage this idea that, you know, they couldn't do shows live and that, you know, we couldn't do what we needed to do, but we had employees and we had artists and other things that we needed. Um, and and I think that that was a missed opportunity, not to say that um, it would have prevented where we are now, but I certainly think it would have started that messaging that, you know, again, and I mentioned this earlier when we spoke, Lynn, that, you know, the term I've been using is, is, is polycrisis, right? We're not just dealing with um, up and down quality of shows. We're also dealing with buying behaviors changing across the country in terms of when people want to buy tickets or if they want to buy tickets. We're dealing with donors, you know, deciding that they don't fund the arts anymore. Corporations, you know, we're seeing arts and education councils, you know, de- basically evaporate before our eyes, you know. So, so it's it's not just the thing that we are experiencing specifically to the rep, but it's all those things layered on top of each other. And well, so, yeah, go ahead, Carl. Well, I was, I was going to say, I don't think anyone was actively wishing that the rep would have a crisis like this. I think people over time just got disappointed and they, they said they were voting with their dollars and they said, if this is not what I think I'm going to be getting when I go to the rep, I'm going to spend my money elsewhere. So I don't think 
they were actively trying to say, well, I'm, I'm just not going to go to the rep anymore. It's the fact that the rep was not interesting to them anymore. Yeah. Yeah. I hear that. I hear that. And, and again, coming in kind of midway through that, that show, you know, like I'm trying to sort of rally. And, and, and none of, none of this is, this is all oh. previous administrations. So yeah, 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 yeah. I, I get it. I get it. And again, like I've heard it, you know, again, I had uh, sadly never seen a show at the rep prior to working here, uh, but knew about, you know, the work that had been done and knew that there were shows that people still talked about years after and some that people were kind of, you know, it was okay or, you know, the sets were great or the costumes, you know, you can always tell what people really think is what they bring up, you know, when you ask them about it. But, but you're right. I think people did vote with, with their, with their, with their wallet. And, and yet, you know, I've been trying to sort of navigate us back to where we are. And, and I guess the question that I would ask to those people who have stepped away is, are you okay with the rep going away? You know, it's, it's a simple question. Like, do you want the rep to survive? I'm doing my end of the bargain. You know, we've been producing good work these past couple of months. I think folks like the changes that we've been making in terms of the Christmas show and not going to Coca anymore. I think that the season we have outlined sounds appealing in terms of the feedback I've been getting. So I guess the question is, like, do you, do you want us to keep going down that road? I don't have any other proof to give you or promise to give you other than what we're doing now. But, you know, we're kind of sadly in this position of, of, of here we are. And, and is this something folks want to? And I, I think the answer is yes. I think it'd be a huge, um, you know, problem if, if St. Louis didn't have a, a, a large regional theater anymore. I know it's wealthy with a lot of uh, theaters across the county and the city, but um, to let 57 years sort of go, um, you know, uh, go away, away. Uh, because of a few bad seasons and also some leadership that maybe didn't really resonate with the institution, you know, it's kind of like uh, with the community, it's like, you know, I, I was bringing this up the other day, you know, we're not the Cardinals, but, you know, the Cardinals had a really crappy season this year, right? Are people going to walk away from the Cardinals next year? I'm never going to go really to Bush Stadium season? again. Right. You know, like, and I get it. We've had probably a few of those seasons. But well, I, the using that analogy, I think back. the uh, rep took a big swing and missed. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. that's good, Carl. Uh, Thanks. I, I was going to say, that uh the in 2018-19 la the last season the rep had a million point five in single season in single ticket sales that was a season of six main of uh six main stage productions and three studio productions and that was a super high point because it was $5.2 million that they were bringing in then. And then I think people did have good faith effort and Pride and Prejudice was a success and certain shows were a success. But then, you know, St. Louis is a small town in terms of communities. Like I always say in journalism, uh, we are a small fraternity. You do, do not burn bridges. So we all know people who worked at the rep, who left the rep, whether or not they were told to go or they quit on their own accord. But there's a whole group of people that people know other people. And uh, what do you what do you say about these? There were people that worked there for 29, 30 years and they don't have good things to say. So they weren't they didn't feel welcome there anymore. Right. Yeah. So yeah. how do you create? I mean, you just can't go out and create a family, but I know you we were you're starting from scratch, basically. Yeah, you're starting over. So all these people with these uh, let's say disgruntled employees. So we've got a whole community of disgruntled employees. So how do we do the olive branch or you know, not burn bridges. What are some of the things that you're trying to do from here on? 
Yeah, I mean, it's it's interesting, right? Because we have, uh, there are a lot of those folks, and yet we still have a, a good deal of folks who have stuck with us through this time. We still have um, some of our costume makers and our set crews and administrative folks who have stuck through this sort of transitional period. But I, I hear that. I, I mean, and I've actually saw some of them back at Lehman and Twisted Melodies. Um, and so we've invited them back. Um, and you know, I guess that's all I can do from where I am right now. Haven't developed the time machine yet that actually could sort of, you know, maybe prevent some of this from happening. But again, it's extending the invitation and saying we're different now and we're moving in, I think, a positive direction. And I can't change the past, but I can definitely invite you along um, on the future journey. Well, that's good because uh, I have heard from people in, in writing my article um, uh, many uh, past employees don't want to go on the record because nobody wants to uh, sure, in, in, the, in this reg regional community no, everybody fears that they're not going to work again or or whatever but they won't say but the people the, the, the theater professionals that have gone on the record per se basically wish the rep well because it breaks their heart you know it breaks their heart what's happened and I don't know I was I've been thinking about this and I told you this the other day I'm just trying to think when it just went totally south what was that moment where people because Danny was, wasn't there yet I know I know and so he doesn't know but I'm just trying to think like when Hannah Sharif came in Everybody, we had party, you know, it was Angels in America. I gave it my uh, my production of the year designation in my year-end awards because I just thought it was tremendous theater. You know, not everybody's going to think like I do, and not everybody's going to be happy with it. It's a very it. long show. Lynn. It's a very long show. <laughs> and I know there were issues with the box office. People got angry and upset about the switch in tickets, and it was just this chaos for the box Once office. Once again, Danny wasn't there yet. I know. I'm just, I know, I know. But I'm just saying, I'm trying to think when it all went kind of just, I'm done. You know, that kind of feeling like a, I have had those moments, as you know, because I was really not a fan of House of Joy. And mm -hmm. one of the things that bothered me about this was, first of all, there was no joy. <laughs> and it was promoted <laughs> as having a lot of joy. And I think people in the audience were like, what am I seeing? This is mm -hmm. not what I thought it was going to be. And you told me you have started back with the Steve Wolf subscriber letter. I mean, you know, like Steve did. It's not the mm -hmm. Steve Wolf subscriber letter. Yeah. But yeah. you're going to make that. So tell me about your efforts to improve communication with the theater goers about what yeah. you're going to see. No, it's a, it's a it's a great question because again, I, I think that that is a huge part of what people missed is this connection to the work and learning more about it and having an understanding about, I mean, you know, I can promise you that you're if you come to see It's a Wonderful Life, you're gonna get It's a Wonderful Life. It's not it's not gonna be some play on you Jesus know panels are, are not gonna be played by some uh, dog. So so you're gonna get what you what you what you're 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 signing up for now. Um, but but the I really love this idea of uh, of giving people a behind the scenes look or or some sort of connection of why we're doing this play um, and why now. And that does happen in the, in the program once you come, but I do think that we can leverage it as a tool to sort of incentivize people who maybe, you know, and this is maybe for something like, you know, Moby Dick, people be like, I don't get it. It's the whale. I, it's, that also seems very long. I don't know if I want to sit through that. Um, but I think through communication, we can show them some of the videos or some of the rehearsal to sort of show them that it is this highly theatrical experience. So, so more communication with the subscribers and the single ticket buyers to help them understand why we're doing things and what we're doing. I do think that that kind of went away in these past couple of years and was really important that we started it back up again. So 
for this season, we've been sending out an email probably two or three days or so before performances begin to give folks some behind the scene access and uh, some some verbiage um, about the why and the how um, of what we're doing. So so again, you know, it's it's not that we're uh, we're sort of moving backwards, but I really wanted to find out what was working and if it if there wasn't a good reason why we shouldn't be doing it, I'm kind of trying to put it back together again, because there's a reason why things work when they work, right? Um, so I'm not trying to discredit the hard work that folks have been doing, uh, because, you know, we all know that, that, that theater is not where it was as an industry prior to the pandemic. So, you know, I don't want to sort of say that we're the only ones experiencing this type of problem. There have been theaters that have closed across the country, large institutions in New York, like my former uh, institution, the public had to lay off um, almost 20% of their staff um, facing financial challenges. Uh, Steppenwolf had to do the same thing in Chicago. So, so again, this idea of struggle is not unique to the rep. However, I do think that we have an opportunity before we have to, you know, make further, more drastic um, cuts uh, is to actually say, you know, we've been getting back on track. You may have noticed, you may have not, but ask your friends and, and sort of say, hey, and I know it's a big ask. I know it's a big ask. Some people still don't know me. I've been around only two years. I think folks who have met me have seen that I am receptive and that I try to work as quickly as I can. Um, and so it's a big ask to say, invest in me, invest in the rep. But my hope is that people do. Um, otherwise, you know, I, I don't know where we'll be, you know, in, 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 a, in a few, uh, a few months. Um, again, you know, it's, it, I don't mean to sound threatening, but it's, it really is a moment to say, to say, um, now is the moment to, to, to rally for, for this institution. Well, speaking of that, let's talk about rallyfortherep.org. Yeah, so uh, we created a, a special website, um, which is going to have some content rolling out on it in the coming days and weeks. Um, it's, uh, it's a website that you can make a special contribution that is going to go to help us reach our fundraising goal, um, which is $2.5 million. Now, it doesn't mean that if we don't make $2.5 million by the stroke of midnight on 1231, we're gonna turn the lights off, right? Um, however, I really wanted to uh, unite us in this holiday moment, a spirit of giving, and when folks do some of their philanthropic work, to actually say that if there is an institution right now that actually has a need, it is the rep. Um, and we're having a lot of different ideas being tossed around, around to how to leverage this campaign outside of just a website, um, whether there'll be a, in a special event, an actual rally for the institution. Um, and as we are sort of getting more buy-in from the community, um, it's been really heartening to see where we are and what we're doing. And, and like I said, um, this is just phase one of what I'm considering a multi-phase approach to sort of rebuilding the institution. You know, I gave you some of my talking points around what we're doing in the immediate in terms of programming, but I need investment in the institution to, to rebuild and strengthen the organization. Um, that's in the investment phase. And then there's a legacy phase. There is this idea that um, should people truly believe in the magic of theater and believe in the, the mission of the rep, that we will need an investment in that future and a faith in me and our new leader. We're going to be hiring a new artistic director, hopefully starting sometime in the late winter of 2024. Um, and under that new leadership to, to really rebuild, reboot, and um, remodel the rep in a way that actually responds to um, the people of, of St. Louis and, and the greater St. Louis area. Well, I'm so happy that uh, you are out and about because I do think that's important because I've seen you at other productions 
and uh, people want to face people want to face i remember um steve wolf i <laughs> i used to be intimidated by his friend you know like i was this little peon and everything but but uh I, I saw him once at mama mia at fox and <laughs> i went over because he was sitting near joe pollock who was legendary critic for the post dispatch mm -hmm. And I went over to talk to Joe and started talking with Steve and Steve was telling us what he saw in New York and what he was going to bring in. And that was when he was bringing in other desert cities. And then, you know, I talked it when he saw curious incident of the dog in the nighttime in London said it was the greatest thing he ever saw. And, and, uh, that he wanted to uh, find a way to bring it to St. Louis. And he did, mm -hmm. and it was incredible. But uh, I really think people who love theater want a face. And I think you and Bex and Reggie are doing that good faith effort to be part of the St. Louis community. And I think that's what people really want to see and it's not like we we don't want things from the outside or new <laughs> we just want that enthusiasm about theater to be contagious you know because uh just talking like i remember the humans after the humans at the rep everybody was like what the hell is this <laughs> and, and and it was it was produced by St. Louisans on Broadway won the Tony. And mm -hmm. so people in the rep were sitting there going, I don't get this. I don't get it. <laughs> so I happened to run into Steve as I was going down the steps for the studio. And we start talking about the humans. And I said, you know, I had to think about it and think about it and think about it. And then it kind of got, you know, but I do think people like to be challenged. It's not like we don't like to be challenged. It's like there's that, I don't know. It's just un intangible. It's that mix that that like gruesome playground in injuries was fabulous directed yes. by. Re and that was something that would be kind of a hard sell. So I think that you guys got to just, I don't know, hit that sweet spot and people will be back. But mm -hmm. the overall feeling I'm getting from people is that they wish you well. It breaks their heart. They want to believe in the rep again and uh good luck with that my hope is that they will <laughs> and i well, hope thank so you too. and i hope this yeah thank you for answering your time. the hard questions yes my thank you pleasure. for your time that, thank you for your time one of the things i was talking to people i said hey i'm doing an article you know i'm talking to danny because i'm doing an article and they said well is he gonna say uh that it's not just the pandemic and i said yeah he did and they go, well, how do you, I said, he did, he said it. So I think I appreciate your candor. I appreciate you. You know, this has got to be tough answering. I don't envy your position, sir. <laughs> I get that a lot. <laughs> I, know. <laughs> I know. You got to go watch like three seasons of Ted Lasso to just get yeah started. oh it's it i've seen them all it's it is quite inspiring but yeah no i mean it's it, it's it's the work but it's also you know i i have become quite fond of this community and and feel that it's really important that this place survives and so you know i i know that it it sounds you know like i told you you know i feel like sometimes the like it, it, you know was this a surprise i think for folks who know it's probably not it's still sad and yet you know, I, I want to parlay that energy and that momentum we've been finding on stage into what's happening off um, and and into the future. So I appreciate the platform and the opportunity to speak to you both. Um, and hopefully we'll see you at It's a Wonderful Life um, in December. Oh, you know, it it's it is a, it's a it is a wonderful life <laughs> and it'll make people feel happy. And it's yes. not going to have some twist or some surprise or some like, what? <laughs> no, not at all. Yeah. Well, thank you so much. Carl, you yeah. want to, Carl, Carl is a big fan of August Osage County. So if you don't do it, he's going to be really upset. Yeah. So we, I can think of two and a half million reasons why everything should be successful. So I can see Osage again. So. Yeah, we're, I was actually one of the ones that I was really pushing for this season um, because I, I found it hard to believe that the rep had, had didn't do it back when it was, 
sort of well, making the, the its Fox, way around. The Fox actually did it right yeah, when, it, they, when it was hip again. The yeah. Fox did it like, was it right after the movie or right before the movie, Lynn? Oh, it was before the movie because people walked out at intermission. I'm always surprised <laughs> when people don't know what a show is about. Like when I saw Book of Mormon and the two people next to me did not smile, did not clap, did not laugh at intermission. And they they were like, this one nine Tonys, what is this? And 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 they got up at curtain call. I mean, they just like dashed out. And I thought, well, and some of the docents left during uh, Book of Mormon. Yeah. But I remember August Osage County. I thought it was like one of the, the greatest thing I ever saw. I made my kids come home from Carbondale to go. I said, you have got to see this play and I'm taking it to I'm taking you to it on Friday night and you're coming home. And it's a great know, here show. We go. yeah, it is. I mean, and there is language. And, you know, so it's not all Clutch I, I, those know, pearls. I know. But but it's true. Right. I mean, we get we get feedback for almost everything. You know, it's it. And yet. Um, I think most people sort of think that it is quite a, it's it, when you get it, you know, when you get some amazing talent and we have some amazing folks in the show, um, uh, that I think it's just going to, it's going to knock people's socks off. And I think that that's, uh, that's going to be really, really fun to see. So, but we got to get there. We got to get that rally campaign and we got to get folks back in and at least, you know, giving us another chance. Um, based on on how we've been doing and and how we're committing to 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 move forward. So the, it's rallyfortherep.org, or you can go to repstl.org and find out about a lot more that's going on with the rep. That's right. right. And you can uh, read my interview with Danny in the Webster Kirkwood Times this Friday, and it'll be online on Monday. So. <laughs> so thank you so thank much you. and uh we really do wish you the best of luck and i can't remember i know we're not going to go back to the first year of the circle when i went to see sunday in the park with george on the main stage and the studio was having clyburn pork oh wow <laughs> that's a double header at the I same time at the same time because you know clyburn park should have been the main stage but there i would have yeah yeah <laughs> but you know. I know so you know i know that's 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 like pie in the sky dream but i really do hope to i think those studio shows nobody knew really those ones and everybody loved them most for the most part you know yeah, and the so studio the studio is on our list of things like i said we had some success with it earlier this year um and um i i hope um you know with this uh, some special funding that we have uh, asked for um, that we'll be able to bring it back um, at the home downstairs at the Loretta Hilton Center, um, which I know is just part of the the cool secrets um, about about that building. Um, I know uh, everyone sort of describes the sort of trying to find it um, <laughs> type of thing. Yeah, and you can have, like for Venus and Fur, the line was all the way down the lobby to get into the studio. Gosh. So I really do hope those days return. Thank, Thank you, Danny. Danny. You're and, welcome, uh, Carl. You're uh, welcome, Lynn. Just onward and upward, right? Yes, exactly. Talk to you soon. Thanks. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. Lynn, we're full today. Where can we find you socially? We'll talk about the killer next week when you can see it. I know. Let's just say, but let's just real quick, I want to say Nyad. Older Women, go see it, Plaza Frontenac on Netflix, November 3rd. We'll talk about it next week. And uh, there's three uh, plays going on in St. Louis that everybody needs to see. The Immigrant at New Jewish Theater. It'll it'll just do your heart good. And uh, that is this last weekend. It's not on Friday, but it's Thursday, Saturday, Sunday. Friday's and the Sabbath, Lynn. They don't do shows on the Sabbath. I know. That's what I'm saying. No Friday. So you got to go. You got to go. You got to go. It's wonderful. And then see you in a minute. You know, there's a reason they couldn't tell us too much about the plot. And so I can't either. But you got to go to the chapel to see See You in a Minute because, again, it'll hit you in your heart and it's a good one. And that is by Contraband Theater. We had playwright Jacob Gentinen on yes. weeks ago. And then Bitter Fruit is in its last weekend at uh, Upstream Theater. And they like to do shows that not only move you, but move you to think. So ah. I want to recommend that. But I am on uh, the radio every Friday, KTRS, 
uh, with Jennifer and Wendy. And we got lots to talk about this week at 11.08 a.m. And Carl, the Enfield Poltergeist, you got to see this on Apple TV. It's docuseries. It is the real story behind Conjuring 2. And I know you love Conjuring 2. It's the best of in that whole universe of the Conjuring world. That is the best film of all of them. Yes, yeah, so it starts on Apple on uh, October 27th, and also The Exorcist is having his golden anniversary at High Point this weekend. Yes, yes, and our are. our buddy Andrew Wyatt will will uh, in in introduce it and do the Q and A. So I sat next to Andrew last night when I saw The Killer, which is very it's Fincher. It's very Fincher. Let's just let's. That's all I'm going to say about it. It's very Fincher. It's slow Fincher, though. It's not there. There is one big fight scene. But other than that, for for a movie being about of us about an assassin, it's uh, more of a slow burn than I thought it would be. But I did like it. Uh, you can find me on Instagram, Twitter and threads at underscore Carl, the intern. You can find me on the Mark Cox Morning Show Monday through Friday on 97.1 and Second Amendment Radio and The Great Outdoors on 97.1 and KMOX. And I'm going to four more shows this weekend, Lynn. I'm going to go see Kiss, Lauren Daigle, Kurt Franklin, and Gabriel Fluffy Iglesias. And then the blues come back to town. Busy, busy, busy. Oh, my God. And Broadway's celebrating 20th anniversary of Wicked with a whole bunch of stuff this weekend. Yes, it is. I read a joint interview with Idina and Kristen. They still they are friends. Don't let the uh, haters tell you otherwise. And uh, it'll it's still the, the best uh, one of the best uh, closers of the first act to find gravity. And uh, it's just it, that's you know, not people show. didn't like Wicked when it first came out. But the I audiences know. did. Oh, I heard. I heard a lot. But it is one of the great theatrical uh, experiences of the 21st century. Uh, the Also, um, we are giving two tickets away to Clay Aiken and Ruben Studdard on Friday night at the Family Arena. And all you got to do is email me at lynnvenhouse at gmail.com. Carl, the Lynn at poplifestl.com. Oh, address that we've been telling people it's not working so menvenhouse oh. at gmail.com her personal uh, email everybody yeah that's my personal email email me and we're going to get you in a drawing for friday night if you're an idle loony uh you gotta see this show so uh all right okay thanks a lot Let's get out of here bye everybody enjoy your fall <laughs> <laughs>